to the Designing Minds podcast, where we curate information from the best minds in the design industry. Join us as we both educate and entertain while helping you build your design business. And now on to the show. Hi, this is Tony, the host of Designing Minds, and I am with my co-host, Jana, and we are going to find out and dig into her past, how she got into the interior design. So let me start off by saying, hi, Jana. How are you today? Very well, Tony. How are you doing this lovely morning? I am better than phenomenal today. Good. So I've been dying to find out a little bit more on how you get into interior design. Mm -hmm. Uh, But let's start off with, where are you from? Well... Can you tell? I'm not from these neck of the woods. (laughs) No, there's no Boston accent there whatsoever. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes, and I get this nearly every day, are you from Australia or (laughs) occasionally South Africa? No, (laughs) I hail from London. (laughs) That's where I was born, London. And in England, we always say we moved to the country. So we moved when I was quite young out to the country. And uh, that's where I'm from, West Sussex, uh, down south. I'm a southern girl. And the big question then is, how did you get across the pond? That's that's an interesting thought, because I, I thought I was American when I was little. I wanted to come to the States. I ran around with my fake American accent, with my little bobble hat with its American flag. I just wanted to be in America. So... So I decided to go to school out here and I uh, did my bachelor's, my BFA in interior design, really enjoyed that. After I graduated, I worked with a design company. We focused mostly, it's mostly residential design. So we did some homes that were in the parade of homes, but I, I quickly realized that I was really drawn to um, architecture, history, especially preservation. So I I come from a little village in England. Tony, I don't know if you've been to England before, but some of these villages, like our village, the the church was from 1100, the houses along the main street, some of them were from the 1300s, the 1400s. So I love the blend of history, making these homes livable for families today. So I decided I will further my education and I got my master's in architecture actually with the emphasis in historical preservation and restoration. Wow. And I'm amazed at how old some of these buildings are. I remember years ago, I had a friend that came over from England and I said to him, I think we're only in our teens. And I said, wow, look at this house here. It was built in 1754. And he's like, hey, I've walked up old closed monastery steps that were from the 1300s. And I'm like, really? So we're so new as a country. Yeah. And that was the shock for me when I first came out here because I flew to Utah was my first my first state that I I lived in. And so it was it all looked so new. I think that was the biggest shock for me. And, you know, some of these little houses, they have their dates that they were written on on above the front door lintel. 1340, you know, 1450, whatever. And these doors are tiny. These people must have been so small. And you walk in, you have to hunch in, and I'm 5'4", so I'm not tall. But I still had to feel like I had to, like, duck my head down to get to get into uh, into some of these little homes. But it's will, wonderful. I will have to visit because it'll make me feel much taller. <laughs> you piqued my interest. Ah. Historical preservation. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me something you worked on your graduate degree 
Well, a, a project I worked on was the conversion of a 13th century barn. It was on the grounds of where I grew up in England. So when we moved out to the country, my parents purchased an old farm. It had some acres and we were in West Sussex. It was in the south, southern part of England. And on these, um, these acres, it was about 14 acres, there were lots of barns. We converted one of those barns into a house and that was the house I grew up in. But on this property, there was this wonderful old granary from the 13th century. And I decided that would be my focus. And that, that was my big project I did for the conversion of that barn for my master's. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In the 13th century. 13th century. Um, are they still, what are they doing with that barn today? It's lived in, live, lived in today. Lived in wow. today. So yeah, they sold that property. and um, But there is a family that live in there. I met my husband, Eric, while we were working on my master's. We moved to California after school. We got married and and we had children. And so for the next few years, that love of design, of architecture, of preservation, it was all sort of on the back burner. As we raised the girls, Eric started his cleaning and restoration business. And I ended up, as fate always has it, <laughs> sucked, into, sucked into the family business and working for that. But that was really actually very interesting because... I had to spend now the next decade on the other side of this coin because my education, it focused on or centered around putting all these beautiful designs, the materials, the fabrics into a home. And now all of a sudden I'm on the other end of the coin, helping clients maintaining these beautiful fabrics, these materials that we've been put in the homes and keep and keeping them clean and keeping them looking beautiful. It is. You you get to see the other end of it. So Working for your husband's cleaning company, how did you use your design skills, uh, that environment? What challenges did you see from the cleaning perspective? Well, a lot of our clients were very high end. They had expensive furniture, fabrics, you know, a lot of the things had been imported. But life happens. You know, you have children. You have Oh, yes. (laughs) you get a little puppy and the puppy grows up and then becomes old and you know there are accidents that happen with pets sometimes I would see elderly parents moving into the homes and and that brings its challenges as well when they have certain things that happen also I can't tell you I can't even keep track of the amount of times clients would call me and an emergency happened, either while they're away or over the weekend or overnight. A sink backed up, a toilet overflowed. And now all of a sudden I'm cleaning or we're sending people out to clean and protect these beautiful fabrics, these floors. And it opened up a whole new world for me because as a designer, we're spending all these hours designing the space, picking these beautiful fabrics, concentrating on, on these textures, on the feel of the fabric, on the color, how it works in a room. And yet, as a homeowner or somebody who has to come and clean these beautiful things, we need to be able to, to live in a home and still have it being beautiful, even though we're living in it. Not just when we've moved in and it's beautiful for the first six months, but we want it be, to be beautiful for years to come. And so, I've been concentrating on the thought of how do we keep these beautiful spaces looking beautiful? And that's so well, that's a, what's so wonderful about Lux, Lux fabric protection, because it doesn't change the feel. It doesn't change the texture. It doesn't change the color of the fabric. These are, these are such important parts of the design. I mean, the designer has thought and put so much effort into picking these things, and we don't want it changed. 
We don't want the colours yellowed. We don't want textures changed and become crunchy. But as a homeowner, you want to be able to live with these, this space. We don't want to worry <laughs> that grandkids are coming over or, you know, I'm having this raucous New Year's Eve party and I'm worried that some wine's going to get spilled on my rug. It's it's funny how you sound. You're, um, you're an interior designer, but you're understanding the cleaning end of it now, which is so unique. Uh, we're so used to a, a designer will make this great creation. And then when they go see it a year later, it's usually like, what did they do to it? You know, because <laughs> nobody, nobody cleaned it or protected it. And you're actually looking at the that end of it because you were in your husband's cleaning company. That that's so cool. So. Yeah, another another thing that has come up quite a bit are these very difficult to maintain fabrics and, and textiles, the, the tensile, the viscose. You know, yes. you have these beautiful rugs that can be made with this art silk. But, you know, how do you clean it? Now we have a way of being able to do that because we have these protections. So now we can bring in these beautiful uh, they feel so good on your feet, these beautiful rugs. And now we can feel good about looking beautiful, but able to keep it looking beautiful. Yes. And, and actually, don't forget the fabrics. It's amazing. Every time you're in the uh, store and you're, you're flipping the, the samples, it's, mm -hmm. you know, 10% viscose, 30% viscose, 40%. It's amazing how much viscose um, or rayon viscose. Rayon is the same as viscose. It's how much they're using in these mm -hmm. weaves and they're, they're beautiful. And now they can be, you know, used and cleaned. Yeah. Well, can I turn the tables quickly, Tony? Can I ask you a question? Cause I've never asked you this really. How did you, cause I've met you through Eric and Eric's cleaning company. So how did you and Eric meet? Well, um, I met <laughs> Eric through uh, seminars through the cleaning industry. I believe we met at a Howard Partridge inner circle, um, uh, meeting. Um, and I would see him year after year um, and would stay in touch. It was uh, great. It was a way to uh, grow our businesses and a, a great friendship formed out of it. And now you and I have been uh, working together too with, with Lux, which is fantastic. I believe I moved to a better partner. Ah, <laughs> well, one, one that's not so um, opinionated, maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and has taste. Yeah. Sorry, Eric, when you listen to this. <laughs> Eric, we love you. <laughs> Let me ask you, what are you doing now in Utah? Um, I hear that you're in the process of opening up a new cleaning and protection company, blending your skills both on the design and the cleaning. Yeah. Well, you know, Eric and his business partner, Larry, they sold Shamrock. They're busy doing all sorts of other things now. And my girls, they've grown. So I'm not needed as much home. And, and what's been happening in our valley? I think we're seeing it a lot in rural communities across the country, especially after COVID. A lot of people are leaving the cities and moving out into these rural areas. And I live in a in an area of Utah that's a ski destination. We have people coming here from all over the world. They love to ski. They're very high-end homes. Many people are moving here. It, the building is booming. And there's lots of vacation houses. There's a lot of second, third, even fourth homes. Many of these are being rented out to tourists who come in to ski. And I realized very quickly that cleaning and protection is, is an extremely needed service here. So I started a business doing that because we're tough. 
out here on our homes in Utah. I mean, I'm sure everybody there tough, but we have we have feet of snow in the winter. Sometimes you open the door and you can't you have to shovel to even get out of the front door. Ski boots come in, they tramp through the homes, through the on the rugs, on that beautiful flooring. There, they trek in sand, they trek in salt constantly. We live at a really high altitude. Our valley floor is just under 6,000 feet and, and homes go up the mountainside. So there's lots of sun, strong UV. And you know what that does to wallpaper or sofas or carpets. All of a sudden things are fading. And, you know, these visitors who are coming here, <laughs> they're not usually the quiet types. Well, maybe some can, can be, but they're having fun. They're having parties. They're enjoying their vacation. They're having food in the living room. They're spilling things. So I realized really quickly, protection and cleaning, it's a really needed service here. So I started a business doing that. And, and it's becoming more and more popular. And like I mentioned earlier, Lux fabric protection, it's wonderful because it doesn't change the color. It doesn't change the, fa- the feel of the fabric or the texture. And and that keeps my design side very happy because <laughs> the integrity of the design is maintained. And then the owner client side of me is happy because I feel like I can actually live in this space without holding my breath that or worrying that something's going to be spoiled or dropped or, you know, a rug or a sofa I've just spent thousands of dollars on. And now has a stain that doesn't come up or it's dirty or it looks grubby and I have to replace it. So, so I'm focused on, on marrying these two together. Beautiful design, beautiful fabrics and furnishings that the owner can be happy about maintaining and keeping look, looking beautiful for years to come. It'd be great, too. They can do a quicker little touch up cleaning in between rentals. I mean, they're not going to have to take the place and do a full cleaning. You could just clean up a spot or a spill. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's it. That's what I'm doing. And how is it going out for you in the east on the East Coast? It's going well. We've been uh, doing the protection like crazy, doing cleaning like crazy. Right now, just before Christmas time, it will slow down just a little bit because everyone's prepping for the, the holidays. And then when they take their trees down, they realize, oh, we overwatered our plant, the water spilled, they're going to have water stains on their area rugs, and we get this mad rush. It's, it's kind of a funny cycle. I wanted to ask you a question <laughs> about the business you're starting. Yes. What areas are you going to cover in Utah? All the areas and the surrounding areas, the Intermountain West area. <laughs> since I've never been there yet. Uh, Eric, Eric hasn't invited me out. Maybe the oh. new business partner will invite me out. I think I need to invite you out, Tony, so you can see. So we are located in the northern part of Utah, just about an hour north of Salt Lake. So we're covering our northern area, the Salt Lake area, the Park City area. And I'm sure if it, things are needed in certain circumstances, we can head south to the, the next larger metropolis area, which is the St. George and Cedar City area in the southern part of the state. Excellent. So when's the uh, when's the best time to come out and visit? Well, are you a skier? I'm a skier. My knees might not be a skier anymore, so I, I need to be gentle. Okay, well, we can um, love to invite you out to have a little ski vacation, teach you the ins and outs of skiing. And if skiing is a bit tough on the knees, we have friends with horses and sleds, and we can go sledding over the mountains, sitting on a, on a, on a comfortable horse-drawn sleigh to experience the snow instead. So. 
What about, is there um, trout fishing out there? There is. Yeah, rivers and trout fishing. And they have a reservoir here, which has, I don't know, all the rainbow trout. Is that Does that sound like a name of yes. a trout? People, yes. people fish here all the time, but I, I don't fish. One of my um, bucket list uh, items is to actually go fly fishing back in England in all those historic trout rivers. <gasps> Oh, well, Tony, you have to fulfill that wish. I had loved to come back to England and maybe we should take a, a reconnaissance uh, business trip out to Europe and see what's happening out there and put, get some fly fishing done at the same time. Take the spouses and lose the kids for the week. Sounds ideal to me. <laughs> okay. Well, it was great uh, learning about my co-host and I can't wait until we get into dive into some more of these topics that we have coming up. I believe we're going to be interviewing Bella about area rugs, taking stains out of them, red dye, moth issues. Mm -hmm. uh, moth issues out here have been a big problem the past seven or eight years. Well, that's going to be wonderful. Bella, Bella is our spa, our, our spa rug associate. Yes, we uh, we dubbed her with the nickname the Rug Spa Girl, which she absolutely hated. It was hysterical, <laughs> and um, and it's like, well, that's the nickname you're getting. We gave well, it to that's you. that's wonderful. And Tony, I would like to interview you and find out about New Dimension and Lux on the East Coast. So let's let's do that as well. Excellent. Let's get these going and get this show on the road. And in the meantime, we'll say goodbye and cheerio. Bye. Bye.